does look like now we're in the early stages of another wave of COVID. In the U.S., sex trafficking has been reported in all 50 states, and one in six runaway children are likely to become a victim. Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing. A severe worldwide recession possible in 2023. Welcome all to one of three roundtables comprised of numerous podcasts within our realm of all things conspiratorial, occult, strange, and thought-provoking. Today we'll be covering the Urantia book and all that it encompasses, and I figured before we really get into the subject, we could go around the table, introduce ourselves, what show we host on, as well as what that show covers, a get-to-know-ya sort of deal. So, NY Boya, you guys can fight amongst yourselves. Who's going to start? Okay. Uh, it's me, boy. I'm one of three hosts for Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies podcast. Uh, host the show along with Big Country and Chris sometimes. Um, we are available on all platforms. You can catch our video content uh, on our website as well as Spotify. Uh, we cover whiskey, beer, conspiracies, pop culture, sports, politics, a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, that's it. If you haven't heard our show, please go check it out. Uh, share it with your friends. You can get to our website, get merchandise. You could get our uh, paid portion of the show there. Um, find us on Instagram. We do have a Discord. We haven't been too active on it recently. Um, it's kind of hard to juggle so many platforms all at one time. Um, we have a Facebook, although we haven't been able to get into our Facebook account for some time cause they locked us out and, uh, we're not on Twitter, whether Elon or anyone else is on it. Um, we won't go back. So that's us. <clears throat> Very nice. Yeah. I'm the NY Patriot. I have, uh, I have my podcast, the NY Patriot show. Uh, then I also have uh, Cult Rejects and Friends, which is uh, more of like in-depth topics and series, uh, normally co-hosted with somebody. And then I also do co-host the show, uh, somebody else's show, uh, Spiritual Gangsters. Uh, that show is a little bit more about like personal uh, stories and like people like just like waking up or like whatever, you know, it's a little bit more personal. It's not so much conspiratorial as the other two shows would be. And uh, yeah, I have all three of those and I have one link tree. <laughs> there we go. And I am Slick Frank Sanders. I am a co-host of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour uh, podcast. And we cover, obviously, conspiracies as well as cults, UFOs, cryptids, strange paranormal phenomenon, and everything within that realm. Um, if you want to check us out, just go to www.hushhushsociety.com. There you can find the link to our Rockfin, which goes to the, the video portion of our show, as well as links to all of our social medias. All right. You know, I had no idea how to pronounce Yurancha uh, until you said it. <laughs> I thought it was an STD. Dude, I was the same way, like looking into it. I, I needed to watch a video to figure out what that was. Yeah, it sounds better than urine, urine Tia. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> bit less of a mouthful for sure. <laughs> yeah. So off the bat, what's your guys' general thoughts on this book? Oof. I had never even heard of this book 
didn't even know it existed, had no idea um, until we got the message that we were going to cover this book. And looking into it, immediately I was kind of like, like, the book itself is whatever, right? But then when you start to read how the book was developed, that's the stuff that kind of like kicked up a little dust for me as far as what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, And it, it was like beyond Mormonism where some guy goes, I found all these gold plates in the ground. No, you can't see them. And no, I'm not going to share everything with you. You know what I mean? And immediately when I saw that it was, you know, started in 1923, that's where it began. It, I was like, yeah, that's this shit is is not real. It's a fucking cult <laughs> at best, um, because if like grandparents are older than that religion, uh, I, I can't trust it. You know, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. The, the startup of the story is it's definitely head scratching. It's definitely a little suspicious. You know what I even thought was weird? It just like when I first came across the book and I was like, all right, a thousand pages. Yeah. I was like, either this, either it's all like you know, bullshit or it's very specific and it's deeply occulted or it's probably 500 pages too long. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But uh, besides that, like I started like, and, and, and you know, I know you said just on the book. So, I mean, right there, I'm like, basically my opinion is that I think it's probably a long drawn out thing from somebody who does understand magic. It's just whatever. But the funny thing I started thinking about is like when the whole story behind this book, as soon as you start looking into it, they say that, you know, uh, this lady and her husband, their neighbor. Their neighbor's wife, I think, came and spoke to them and asked them about their husband supposedly <laughs> having problems. Yeah. You already know where the person lives, but yet we have no idea who wrote this book. Like 30 years after that, you probably could have went down to town hall and literally, if you had the address, asked who's owned this property for like the last 20 years. And you'd know the dude's name. This isn't rocket scientists, rocket science to actually figure out who this dude was. It was their neighbor. And we can't find out who this guy is. Come on. <laughs> that's so silly. The explanation for why they kept him anonymous was like to, to protect him from, you know, public vitriol, basically. Like they didn't want people to judge this guy too hard. You know what I mean? And everyone involved was anonymous. They had a stenographer in the room who was also anonymous, um, except for you know, the, the couple who were writing it. And it was like, how can we trust what you say if you're not going to give us any names of any kind? You know what I mean? They could have fucking made up a name. They could have been like it was Ben Johnson, you know, and not showed a picture or anything. Like at least then you'd have a name to go by. But everything was kept so quiet. And then, you know, the strangest part, about all this getting started was it was just him and his wife going over there and they were kind of entertaining themselves with this guy talking in his sleep. And then all of a sudden they share that info with a small group of their friends. And then the being tells him, Hey, why don't you have that group? Ask me some questions and I'll answer them. So he goes back and says, guys, guess what? The spiritual being wants, you know, the celestial body or whatever they want to call it, wants you guys to write down questions and then they will answer them. So they write down questions. They give them to him. He asks the questions and all the questions get answered in the form of like a report paper. 
And we're talking like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of questions. The, the, the thing is, too, if you want to control those people, you'll give them the answers that they want to hear. And they, so they, he, they got their answers. And some of them said, you know, they didn't, weren't going to completely believe it. Then they get these answers and it started to get them to think. So then all of a sudden they form the forum, which is just this group of, I think it was 10 people. And they were the ones in charge of controlling the information. And then they had the, I forget what it was called. I want to say it was like the question commission or something like that. And it, but that was just, uh, um, fucking what's that asshole's name? The husband and wife. Oh, the Sadlers, Will, William and Lena. Yeah, it was just Will and, and Lena Sadler who were, you know, in charge of the questions of, of asking the questions. And that's how these papers started getting compiled. And then they decided to edit them together and make a book. But it wasn't until 1935 that the book was completed. And then they published it in 55, I think it was. So all that time, and, and members were coming and going from the forum, right? They were dropping in and dropping out, but all the information couldn't be told. It's like Scientology, you know? You have to, like, level up to get more and more. Gotta get clear first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's very sci-fi, like Scientology. I really think you nailed it, nailed it before uh, before we started recording, when you said, and, and, like, really, all great cults even start this way. I heard. Or some angel, some voice told me what to tell mm. you. This is very much just like Mormonism. <laughs> like you yeah, said yeah. before, it's very sci-fi, very UFO, yeah. alien, you know, otherworldly. Uh, being told stuff to relate to you. We got Angel Moroni for Joseph Smith. You got, you know, this guy next door <laughs> for them. Yeah, the, the sleepy <laughs> guy next door. <laughs> so like, yo, let's give him some drama. Me, we got to write another book. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> You know, and 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 they say that the neighbor approached Will because he's a physician, right? So, hey, my husband, when he sleeps, he's talking and this and that. Like my dad used to talk in his sleep, you know, and and you can you can lead a sleep talker with questions and they will answer you. They'll even answer you questions you ask them, you know, about their personal life or you can just make some shit up and they'll answer you. So I, I find it hard to believe that someone who's supposed to be as bright as, as Will Sattler um, really bit it, you know? And apparently he was also like a debunker of uh, paranormal activities and things like that. And there was two instances that apparently he couldn't explain, which this was one of them. See, I think he might say it like with that, like that would be like, if you wanted to make it look like you didn't believe in this stuff that much to begin with, <laughs> but then was saying, Oh my God, look at this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just to make it that much more credible because he was a skeptic. Exactly. That was my thought too. Yep. 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 That's the first thing that I thought about because, you know, it's like, I don't even believe in this shit, but it's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and as soon as they go, listen, if you're going to believe anybody, that's when you kind of take a step back. Like, yeah, I don't buy any of this shit. He thought that shit was crazy and he thinks it's real. <laughs> yeah. And then you got 10 of your friends backing you up, right? They're co-signing for you. But once you start assigning names to these groups, like now, okay, you 10 are the forum. We're the question commission. And then we're the uh, Urantia Foundation. It's like, 
you're quickly trying to organize, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And instead of like a grassroots thing, like, Hey, someone told me this information I want to share with you all. Instead, it's like an instant secret. You know what I mean? So they develop or they collect all these papers from essentially just questions that were asked. And really the, it's broken into four parts. The last part is really the only part that has any, I don't want to call it useful, but any real, like, I guess, thought more thought provoking information because it, it's about the life of Jesus, which mm-hmm. by a lot of standards, obviously, is heresy and blasphemous from the point of view of a believer of the Bible. Um, and it's just wild, but it's a lot of bullshit. Uh, you know, it's bookend by bullshit. And then there's a little bit of biblical truth in the middle. And I think that's where they get people who might be teetering on their faith, you know, because they'll say, well, the Bible does kind of state that. So why couldn't this be true at the same time? You know what I think they also do, uh, in my opinion, this is what I was going to say about like the occult aspect of the book. I think it's more of a Gnostic or theosophy kind of Mm -hmm. uh, work. And Gnostic and that stuff will pull from, you know, Catholicism, you know, Gnostic. Yeah. Really, Gnosticism is like a cult Catholicism, really, you know what I'm saying? So we would already kind of, it wouldn't be far off to be incorporating Jesus into their stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's just kind of worked out with Jesus because of, I think, that influence. Possibly. Yeah, but Jesus isn't even Jesus in the book, which is weird. <laughs> it's it's definitely a strange mixing pot. Yeah, of pulling of information from a lot of different places. You've got a mix of evolution and creationism mixed with Darwinism mixed with, you know, ancient theological writings like the Bible and other texts all Mm -hmm. kind of modge podged into this one book where, like you said, somebody who might be Christian or might be Catholic might look at this book and say, okay, well, I'm seeing shreds of truths that I believe. Why couldn't this also be fact? Yeah. And I think that's key, obviously, in in growing the numbers of their cult, because what they did right after that was create the Urantia Foundation as a nonprofit, you know, so they get that religious government umbrella and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all weird. <laughs> It's all weird, like their their explanation of God and, you know, the universe or the realm. It's weird because they have like in the middle of this whole thing is God. It's like the spirit ball. And then there's a bunch of other perfect universes around that spirit ball. And then within those universes are a bunch of imperfect universes, like a hundred thousand imperfect universes and everything exists within those universes but all those are encompassed in a bigger universe you know what i mean and if we've got very raw law of one i don't know if you've ever heard of that it gets like that two densities all this different stuff it's like this is just a mental mindfuck now no and that that ties in perfectly to the 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 four parts of the book that you had mentioned yeah so the first part being the central and super universe right on this huge grand scale the second part going into the local universe being your your local constellations star systems planets Mm -hmm. all that sort of shit 
the third part being the history of Urantia, a.k.a. Earth. And that's where you're getting into Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, evolution, Satan, and all of that. And then part four, which you you elaborated on earlier, the the life of Jesus. It's like almost, well, I won't even say almost. It's overcomplicated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, if I was if I was a young man trying to find my faith and this was the first book I picked up, I don't know if I could rock with this. Like you're telling me, you know, there's so many different variations of everything. And like you said earlier, Frank, it's all just a mix of bullshit. Like you don't know what to pick from because you're reading it going, well, this is a little bit of uh, Buddhism here and we have some Seventh Day Adventism here and then we've got a little bit of Mormonism. You know what I mean? It's it's like you guys are kind of just picking from different religions and adding to things that you want to believe. And I think the Seventh Day Adventism thing is a little bit more prominent than anything else because... The Saddlers were former Seventh-day Adventism. And according to the story, as uh, you had mentioned earlier, and why is, is um, Kellogg yeah. being the sleepy guy? <laughs> and it's Cal- like Frosted Flakes Kellogg. It's in relation. It's the same family, which, which makes it even more bonkers. <laughs> That's so funny. Right, right before I hopped into the Zencaster, I was watching TV eating dinner, and a commercial came on for... Um, Raisin Bran. Yeah. And I was like, yo, fuck Kellogg. Fuck <laughs> Kellogg. And my girlfriend's looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, you're like, you don't even know. All right. <laughs> yeah. The Lena, her uh her uncle was uh the Kelloggs. And they were the ones who actually uh started Kellogg and they were um eugenicists. They they were almost kind of like the Fauci's, really at Fauci back then. I hate to say it too. Like as silly as that sound, they had a sanitarium. Where it was like wow. a, a place, yo, he was a doctor and like one of the biggest known. And like they had a sanitarium where people would go there for weeks or like vacation. It was like a medical spa. It was a medical spa for back then. And they had like Amelia Earhart, Ford, uh, presidents have been there. Whoa. So no lie. So, I mean, like they were connected with that family. And that, that's like no joke. Uh, see, I, I didn't know that. They made you think if you did not eat their shit, you were not going to be healthy. Like, that's even how they promoted it. Yo, you could go there, and if you if you wanted to get worked on because you were a seven-day Adventist, you're not supposed to be having sex unless it's for reproduction. You could go there, and this guy had all these treatments that he literally would do to people. He made cages, cages for their dicks. He would neither take their – he would or he would circumcise them with no anesthesia. Fuck! Make them do it to themselves sometimes because he did it to himself when he was when he was thirty seven. He circumcised himself to make sure he did not want to have sex. He used the garbolic acid on clitorises. Jesus, he would even remove them. Oh my god! This was a sick dude, and her husband, the other Sandler, he was a eugenicist as well. He was into that shit. They even started the Better Race, the Betterment Race Foundation, or something like that, because they actually wanted to try to push in laws that you cannot interracially marriage, because they actually believed that that interracial marriage was what's destroying the race. Holy shit! And so they started a foundation to where they could actually try to like push that onto some politician to get them to put it in. Oh my god! Yo, they were crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. And her husband and her husband was all into that stuff as well. 
same thing her fa- that, that her her uncles were into. Yeah, yeah. So when you have people that are of that type of mindset, you know, and then they decide to, it's very like Crowley, you know, to be to be into that type of shit, and then all of a sudden want to start a religion. And <laughs> I mean, it got to a point where at least maybe hundreds of people bought into this. You know what I mean? Um, the book now is available it's it's public domain um nationally and internationally internationally since i think oh one but because the copy it's got all kinds of fucked up copyright issues it wasn't copyrighted for like a long time right no it was copy it was only copyrighted for it was copyrighted for a very short time nationally and then in 2001 the international copyright expired and no one ever fucking re-upped it i guess you know but you would think if if it was with that type of family background and then you develop a fucking cult and you want people to take it serious. It's, it's kind of hard to do, you know what I mean? Especially when it feels like you're, you're already put in the dark right off the bat. And it's just a fucking anthology anthology of questions to begin with. But then, you know, if you are, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to like, talk about it sometimes because I don't have that cult person mindset. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a very specific person. And we, we've gone about this on our show, like multiple times, the, the types of people that are susceptible to cults. Oh, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll, I'll admit it. I saw people, uh, maybe, maybe you didn't know. I was in the OTO, the Odo Temple. Oh shit. Secret okay. Society. There were people there, man, that I could tell you right now, if a fucking cult would have walked by them and said, said the right thing, whoop. they would have switched it up. Wow. Horrible. That that was like, and I'm not knocking the people there because I'm sure most of them deep down inside they had they're been, searching for something. Yeah. Yeah. But like a lot of them, I was just like, oh, man, yo, this shit's got a hold of you. Yeah. Mm. You know, because like even when I and I already knew I was like, be, because of them being so deep into it. Mm-hmm. turned me off that I was already like when I got there, I knew like, this is not going to be permanent. I'll hang out for a while, but I already knew uh, something off here. But I think something like that, uh, like a situation like yours is pretty common with, with, with cults, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, pop up religions. I was even going to say with the OTO though, real quick, it's the same thing. Alistair Crowley channeled somebody. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a fucking cult. That's how cults start. That's how yeah. Jehovah's witnesses start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, but they use that, you know, to, to destroy people that they feel are bigger than them. You know, um, when you have like Crowley, Crowley fucking did that with, uh, Parsons, you know, he, he fucking essentially just destroyed his personal life, um, to kind of get a step up and, and continue on. And with the type of background that these families have, it's not surprising that they move on to start a cult. You know, they have they have some sort of influence, obviously. Um, but the the book itself, like I said, is just an anthology. And when it gets into the description of portions of what are supposed to be divine, it's mind blowing because it's completely hypocritical of what would be divine. Like the Holy Trinity is still there, but it doesn't include Jesus. And there's two versions of the Holy Trinity that exist completely separate. And then each version or each member of the Trinity exists completely separate. You know what I mean? So they make it far more complicated than it has to be. And I think that that's important because it, dude, it reminds me of the banking system. Okay. Like (laughs) 
<laughs> you're you're like, oh yeah, sure. I know how to cash a check. I know fucking what credit is. I know how to balance a checkbook. But then when you get into like mortgages and like your straw man and you know how rich people essentially never pay fucking taxes because in the eyes of the of the law, they're kind of broke. You know what I mean? You have to be a genius with that shit in order to understand it. So if they make this as complicated as it can be, like Scientology, it keeps you asking questions, wanting more information and trying to get further along in this program. But yeah, you'll never, you'll never get to the end. Though. Exactly. You'll never get the answers that you're looking for. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure what part of this book is appealing to people who would, you know, seek this as a religion. So like I said, it's kind of all over the place, but you know, that, that's even in itself to be totally honest with you, like an act of magic, like, you know, uh, for like being, you know, magic being used on like the cult members, you, you, you know, that like, again, the page I'm saying this book was like way too long. Yeah. Well, after a thousand pages, if you read that stuff and you're buying it, that is like, that's a lot. That's like a solid detailed universe yeah. for you to buy into. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, if you read that thousand pages, I'm sure you had all these visions, you know, as mm -hmm. most books do. I mean, you get these visions in your mind as you're reading the book, you're picturing what's going on. You have a solid idea of what your ranch is. And it's probably like a living thing to you now. I'm just curious as to where people like start though, to, to actually get consumed into something like this, because most people aren't going to pick up a book on, I mean, if you want to call this a religion, some sort of religious text and sit down and read all a thousand pages of it without some like external factor drawing them into it, whether it be some sort of excerpt of the book that mm -hmm. they saw and it really like struck a note with them or a friend or a family member that drew them in. But regardless, this foundation's reach is global, right? So yeah. they've they've translated the book into something like over 20 different languages, mm -hmm. making it easily accessible for anybody on the planet to read. And furthermore, have you, have you guys been on the, the Urantia Foundation's website? I had, yeah, I did. I did go there to try to look them up like the company. But I don't... Yeah, I went there and, I, and then I kind of realized like, I'm not going to get real information from this website, like the information I'm looking for. It's not informational, but I, I could see how they use it as a tactic to draw people in. So the website itself, I got like creepy sort of vibes from. So you can read, like I said, bits and portions of the book on there. Uh, you can read PDFs of like what the book's about. There's videos on there of people talking about how the book changed their lives and how awesome it's been. There, there's a nice big fat donation tab where there's there's like buttons from anywhere from like $25 to $500 oh. or a, a custom input for a donation. So you could donate as much as you want. Um, and then there's like a, uh, a find other readers section, which brings you to links of Facebook groups and other networking groups where you can like find other people who are into it. If anybody listening is interested in joining a cult, they're having some sort of conference in Illinois this upcoming July. Definitely go over there for sure. But yeah, no, the, the website is weird and it just seems like some sort of indoctrination technique more so than informational yeah yeah it's it gave me you know as you said it, it kind of gave you creepy vibes 
it kind of reminded me of after Heaven's Gate and everybody was going to the Heaven's Gate website. That's what yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah, like that low quality, low budget sort of yeah, like, like GeoCities type <laughs> slapdash sort of website. Like it's dirty. It feels dirty being on that URL. Yeah, you're like, shit, I'm sure I'm being under fucking <laughs> surveillance right now from being on this website. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's talk about a little bit of kind of what they talk about, what they practice, because they include, and when you're talking about God and Jesus and, you know, instantly Christianity comes to mind. And they include a bunch of shit that has nothing to do with Christianity, but including all the same characters. Like they believe in cosmology. Um, <laughs> they believe in evolution. They believe uh, they don't believe that Jesus was born uh, of a virgin birth. They don't believe that Jesus is a uh, holy man and holy God. They believe that he is a creator son, um, which basically God created Jesus as a man to um, it's weird because in a separate part of the book, it says like you have to learn the religion of Jesus in order to you know move on to the next level after you pass on. And, but then it says that Jesus is not divine <laughs> and that he's just a man. So there's a lot of backwards talk because you're like, well, how can I do this if this person isn't divine or he really isn't God? You know what I mean? There's a lot of shit that kind of goes back on itself throughout the book, um, and, you know, and, and we spoke about it kind of at the beginning of the show when they, like evolution is a thing. Uh, <laughs> all of that shit is practiced within this book. So it's like, hey, if you believe in evolution and you believe in, uh, you know, a, a virgin birth, then you might be in on this book. So I don't know if they're just trying to cover as much ground as possible to to intrigue as many people as po like that's it's like a carpet bomb of bullshit. You know what I mean? I wonder how much of that lends to the fact that there were technically multiple authors to the book, right? So you had dozens of people compiling these papers of the, the, the answers, right, out of the forum. How well did they proofread those thousand pages before they stamped it all into a book, right? So if, if Jim Bob on page 250 said this, this, and that about Jesus Christ— and then Jimmy, you know, on page 790 was counteracting whatever the, the, the previous guy was saying. I don't know. And how much of that were those people's own beliefs? That gets into the, the question of if these people were putting their own religious ideas or something to sort of throw off the concept of the whole book into their papers that would then be compiled into their Urantia book. There's, it's like a weird game of telephone almost, but with yeah. authors and a massive book. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even when, um, when it went to publish to be released as a book, the son, Bill Jr. was like, Oh, I'm going to write an introduction to it. He did do the, I guess the table of contents, but he wanted to write an introduction. And then the, you know, celestial body that was talking to fucking the sleepy guy basically tells him, no, don't write an introduction. So he's like, all right, you got it. And doesn't write an introduction. Um, so up until 55, you know, this celestial body was still speaking to people, uh, not necessarily the guy that was, you know, so tired. He had no idea what he was talking about when he woke up. And it's just kind of weird. Like 
okay, it, it, the, this being was talking to one person. Now it's kind of trickling in, talking to a few other people here and there. Um, and it kind of dilutes the meaning of one person collecting all that information. So even if you were buying into all of that, and then all of a sudden it starts talking to other people, wouldn't you kind of be like, hey, what the fuck? Like, I thought this was, you know, one guy channeling this voice. And now it's just like whoever can get the word, you know? Mm-hmm. Or whoever was around to like jot down the notes. Exactly. And in and, and a room with a closed door and no witnesses, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's it's to be fair, that's sort of the same deal with the traditional holy Bible. It's true. A, a lot of people believe that it is a compilation of different authors' stories all into one book. A hundred percent it is because, uh, you know, the book consists of different books and it's essentially an anthology in itself. I don't it's it's hard to, like, get into to that comparison um, because both of these books, they, they say that there is plenty of witnesses around. Right. The Bible and Urantia. Um Plenty of time has passed that all of those witnesses are dead for the Bible, obviously, and for Urantia. All those original members are dead. The authors are all dead. Uh, the the channeler is dead. And it's kind of hard to call out bullshit on either one of them because we can't prove it or disprove it. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the hardest part. And that's where faith comes in, right? Your Your, your whole belief in any religion whether it's a cult religion or a mainstream religion is completely based on faith because none of it is tangible. You can't touch it, see it, feel it, taste it. You have to just believe. And I, it's, it's hard because this book is piggybacking off of the Bible. You know what I mean? So that's when it becomes something like, Hey, this might be bullshit. Cause you're just re-editing and retelling these stories when in fact, you know, even with Christianity, you know, um, anybody who, who prays to Allah, anybody who believes in, in Buddhism, even, you know, uh, Norse mythology and those, they all share similar stories to the Bible. And I think that's every, every religion is going to root off it, but this is like a cheap ripoff of the Bible. <laughs> you know the what wish. I mean? Like, dot com version. Yeah. Like this is a knockoff. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not a separate thing where you can go, Oh, the Titans are the giants. You know what I mean? Like there's no way to translate that at all to the, it's like two totally different timelines, stories, realities. Yeah. And, and, and this is just, a ripoff it feels like you know what i mean like i went to the swap meet and picked up the bible and it was this shit <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned the um the the table of contents of the book and i feel like it's it's worth mentioning in in the table of contents it it lists the the sections of the book and the the chapters if you will mm-hmm. as well as the contributing authors the alleged contributing authors who yeah uh, who relayed the information to the forum that resulted in those uh, those chapters. So mm-hmm. the, the contributing authors, you had names like the Divine Counselor, the Universal <laughs> Censor, the Mighty Messenger, the, the Perfector of Wisdom, and like the, the weird sort of names of these yeah, they're the astral bodies. At, yeah, the, these <laughs> entities. It, they just seemed kind of like cornball to me personally. Yeah. 
it all is like super strange. The the like I said, the fourth part was probably the most intriguing overview of everything because it's telling you the story of Jesus and it's like, hey, by the way, Jesus, which we all know that the you know the Latin name for Jesus is not Jesus. Jesus was not Jesus when he was born. That's like the English tra- uh, translation, right? But they're like, no, Jesus was Michael. Now it's unclear if I think they had a last name for him. I don't remember what it was, but they kind of tell you like he was just a guy and Joseph was his dad. He knocked up Mary and he was just there. You know, they go along saying, talking about his ministries and thing. And a lot of the stuff that they do mention is identical to how it works in the Bible. But then they tell you like, there are some miracles he did do. Then there's some miracles he didn't do. He, he, according to Urantia, he did resurrect Lazarus, but according to Urantia, he didn't walk on water. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like they're, they're taking the Bible and going, now nah, this is true. That's not, this is true. That's not. And, you know, it just gives me more of that knockoff fucking feeling. You know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's just a bootleg of the Bible. For sure. Like one of those, uh, one of those weird bootlegs you would pick up at the laundromat of, of yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> you know, you mentioned you, you mentioned before how uh, Jesus is uh, what uh, then compared to like uh, Archangel Michael, right? Yeah, yeah. The reason uh, something that kind of I did come across that and it did pique my attention a little bit, and the reason for that is um, in the Kabbalah, uh, Jesus would fall on uh, the Tiferet's sphere in the middle of the tree, like kind of like, which is actually funny. That is the sphere that all the magicians are supposed to be, you know, trying mm. for, trying to attain. Yeah. So uh, it is balance and beauty. It's in the middle of the tree. It's supposed to be, you know, whatever you come into contact with your holy guardian angel, your higher self. Yeah. Um, and the archangel that would fall on that sphere would be Michael. So like mm. I started thinking, is there a Kabbalah connection? Because, this is matching like the associations with the Kabbalah. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you get a sense of any, any magic going on with this religion? Or do you think it was just a, a, a compilation of bullshit? Oh, real quick. Sorry. Planetary magic and going with planetary magic. Mm-hmm. There would be a, uh, Michael would go there. It would be Raphael and the Kabbalah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think it, within this, there was things I came across and even like certain numbers that I started noticing kind of like repeating that we're even seeing now, like a lot of eight and fours, which has to do with a lot of uh, beast symbolism, in my opinion. But again, it's probably even worse than what I said before, maybe 500 pages too long. It's probably like 700 pages. <laughs> There's probably like, you know, if you were to condense that into 300 pages, you probably would see like a very horribly done just my opinion i think i could write something better than that if i wanted to tell an occult fairy tale but like it just was horribly done but i think you will actually see like real shit in there and then i think they peppered it with tons of fluff so people buy into it yeah and don't see the truth but they're like well you put it in there Mm -hmm. you just didn't see it (laughs) you know because that's like the whole thing with the way magic can work too right right right. told you the truth it's just that you bought into the whole 700 pages of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So what when it comes to the actual cover of the book, right, you, you've got a circle trinity, mm-hmm. and then you've got the color blue. Yeah. So uh, do, 
and why do, can you can you break down the circle trinity at all do you know anything about this symbol i was looking at the cover and i just see like this little blue cover let me let me just google the book real quick so i can see this thing you're talking about so i mean on, on the cover of the book it's like circle within a circle within a circle and then i, I guess throughout the book you've got this sort of circles overlapping each other in a in a triangular fashion mm. yeah see now like even a circle within a circle within a circle that's even how the spheres work on the tree of life mm. it's actually four spheres within within that there's four different levels and densities and like you do have spheres and then at the top of the tree you have the uh supernal triad the triangle and at yeah. the bottom of the tree you have a triangle pointing down you know you have one pointing down one pointing up so triangles and spheres are very big and, and squares with the tree of life so again, that's uh, I'm looking at it now. To me, it, I just did think that there was some Kabbalah uh, yeah. stuff in here. This is why. Well, more so with that symbol, right? I mean, they, they don't really like shy away from from any of the the you know parallels to any of the other religions. I guess it depends on where you get the book from, but the the three circles are almost always there, um, and then some of the covers will have an actual tree. And there's some here that have like, you know, I wish Big Country was here. Or the Flat Earth Roundtable was here because a lot of the books have a, a planet, um, just like the crest of a planet with the three circles behind it. Oh, you know what? I, I'm looking at this now because you're going on about this mm -hmm. and it was making me think about another logo that they have. Maybe what I'm looking at is like almost the same thing for uh, for like one of their fellowship corporations. They do have this sphere, and then it's like a, almost like an upside down rainbow, but like three of them going like that. Is that what you're looking at too? That is almost the split image of uh, at the top of the tree of the on the Kabbalah tree of life. You have Kether, that is like God, that is the source. You know, everything comes from there. But above that, you would have the three levels of negative existence. So if you took that symbol and just flipped it the other way up, it would be the same thing you'd see on the top of the tree of. Of life. And to mention, I, I would like to say that that Urantia Book Fellowship, uh, I'm looking at it now on GuideStar. And the reason I did this is because, like I mentioned in the um, with the occult rejects, we've covered a lot of like uh, secret societies and cults. And you'd be surprised what you can find out if you type these things into uh, uh, places like GuideStar or places that will show you non-for-profit companies. Because once they pull some religious stuff, oh, you get tax deductions. You actually have to, by law, make that public for the, for the people to see. So I was like, oh, let me type them in and see if I can find them. Um, this one place, they do got uh, $2,999,573 in assets. So they're not broke. Then they have the Urantia Foundation where it's like a circle within like two or three other circles. <laughs> that's they got uh <clears throat> grocery seats i don't know if this is from 2020 or 2021 uh normally guidestar will show you like two years prior so this is probably 2020 their grocery seats for that year was two million two million four hundred and ninety one thousand nine hundred and four dollars but their assets was fourteen million eight hundred and seventy dollars holy shit yeah and then there was some other little small one in chicago illinois uh both of these were actually in Chicago, Illinois. Another one for 147 grand. But uh, they those other two uh, millions and millions. So I mean, so they're doing all right. Somebody's making money. Somebody's making money somewhere. Yeah.
fucking good for them. <laughs> Getting it in. Oh, wow. I wonder if it's just like some weird sort of money laundering front for Kellogg's and other corporations. Right. Yo, <laughs> this this was like stuff that like me and uh, Lux, when we were covering secret societies in the past on the occult rejects, we covered a whole bunch of like inner orders of the Masons. And like the Shriners and like the Jesters and uh, there was like one or two other ones, like especially you would think with the Shriners, like those guys are kind of like known for being rich. You can go and look and see how much they're actually pulling in and you're like, wow, like it's really not that much. But then Loyal Order of the Moose. I mean, have you ever heard of them? They're an inner order of the Masons. You go look them up. Billions. Really? Yo, you mean to tell me like maybe some of these other ones aren't kind of like bouncing it around and siphoning it to somebody else? The Shriners don't have more money than them. I mean, who the fuck's the loyal to the moose? John Wayne yeah. Gacy. That's 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 who you got. John Wayne Gacy. I was gonna say. I remember hearing about the Loyal Order of the Moose when I was listening to a Gacy podcast, and I was like, "What the fuck is?" I thought it was a joke. That sounds like some shit Chevy Chase would make up in a in an eighties movie. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea they're worth that much fucking money, though. Well, I, f- I feel like we've exhausted most of our resources when it comes to the book and the foundation itself. Yeah. Right. So you guys want to talk about the cult of Gabriel a little bit? The the cult that adopted the, the book of Urantia? Yeah, I, I can't say I know too much about it, but I couldn't imagine it's any fucking cooler than the book of Urantia. <laughs> I I mean, not necessarily. It's just weird how how this this dude took the book and adopted it as like a, a control technique. So he bootlegged the bootleg. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hit, hit us with some of that. I want to know about that. All right. So he called his cult the the Cosmic Family, <laughs> and it, it was it was comprised of about seventy people. They started in the late in the the late nineties. Oh, cool! <laughs> so the perfect cult setting, perfect cult name. He's off to a great start. He's got oh, this yeah. like copyrighted holy book knockoff. <laughs> that he's going to push onto a bunch of people. Smart. Gabriel of Urantia, initially named Tony before he changed his name, <laughs> um, ended up in Arizona, and he was sleeping in a tent with a commune of people in the mountains of Phoenix, and it was there that he claimed that he was contacted by celestial beings. Of course. Being said to him, quote, I am the commander of a fleet of 3,000 spacecraft that will participate in the evacuation of the planet when the change point comes. Oh, get your Nikes. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, dude, d- direct, <laughs> like... Gotta get matching haircuts. Red red yarn to fucking Heaven's Gate here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he was being talked to by these celestial beings while he was out at this commune, and the beings told him that your level is the highest and most important on the planet today. So he's got these voices telling him he's, he's incredibly special. Gabriel later claimed to be the only quote audio fusion material complement on the earth to be able to talk to these beings Mm. at the time, the man from Pittsburgh, he sort of created his own strange theology comprised Mm. of Christianity, spiritualism and UFOs with combinations of excerpts from the Urantia book. So he obviously like had this 
influence in mind when he was creating this idea for his group, so to say. Yeah, he read the book already. Yeah, he, he must. <laughs> he must have. He must have. Um. So so he creates this weird little cult, uh, in in the desert of Arizona. You know. Oh, you know what I wanted to ask? Is any part of this like online at all? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I know, like, uh, no, I'm saying like uh, the cult itself. Because, like, I, I do know that, like, the like the internet actually, like, it's almost like you can get into cults just from your your living room. Like, you don't even have to. No, like, you don't have Alexa. There's no me into a cult. No, but there is like legit like online actual internet cults. You don't have to go live on a commune or anything. So I was wondering if any portion of this, you know, could you be a ranchy a cult member for this and like not have to go anywhere? I was wondering. I'm not positive, but it it is still an active cult today. And in my opinion, I I don't personally run a cult. I'm not affiliated with any cults. (laughs) Shit, we do. What's up, hooligans? But (laughs) if I were a cult leader, I would definitely have that shit accessible online because then you can accept payment from everybody all over the world. And you can just be like, I'm going to send you uh, good, good vibes from aliens once a month for you know, thir- 30 bucks friendly alien vibe subscription of the month club. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like a sure sign that it's like bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, I could even join online. Exactly. Well, you know, your are they have the donate button and I would imagine that there's some sort of free gift involved with a certain dollar amount, which would kind of, you know, introduce you to the club. Um, or if you're a current member, maybe that's how you, I guess, tithe, <laughs> you know, with Venmo payments. Yeah. Like a, cool adidas tracksuit or some <laughs> shit hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um but yeah the the cult of gabriel a lot of similarities to heaven's gate and a lot of other oh, cults man. so the the turning over of assets the breaking up mm. of families the no sex the the no washing yourself all of that followed suit just like so many cults before it waiting for a specific like comet to like what was that again like what's what are they waiting they're waiting for the end time so that that's another thing gabriel had dates he's had several dates and they continued to be incorrect he he kept coming up with these prophecies of the end times and they kept not following through yeah and i mean somehow still this dude still has followers still to this day yeah Oh, they're still fucking. They're still operating. Yes. Oh, yeah, shit. they're still out in a commune in Arizona, and smelly um, as shit, unwashed. <laughs> Gabriel, Gabriel is approaching death. He's an elderly man at this point, and his son is actually getting ready to take over the cult. He will soon be the leader. Oh fuck! He had kids that are in the cult. That's wild, man. That's wild. See, when you start, I don't know why cult leaders haven't learned. As soon as you start applying dates to shit. You already know, like, you know, as a cult leader, unless you're completely deranged, you already know that those dates, they're, they're never going to be met with whatever, you know, prophecy that you had. So then you have to figure out, fuck, what are we going to do? That's what happens with Heaven's Gate. All of the dates that he said were all fucking wrong. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm making Kool-Aid. Um, after we get back from our castration ship trip to Mexico, we're going to have a little Kool-Aid party. Put your Nikes on pressure track suits that thing you know that really reminds me now of going back to the Kellogg's castration <laughs> and all that stuff yeah dude. oh shit <laughs> see it's all fucking full Genesis circle man type shit. 
All right. So actually, you you had asked if the, if there's a specific date that they're waiting for, and I I jumped the gun saying, oh yeah, there's been plenty of dates, but actually there there is a date. There is another doomsday prophecy sort of moment that this okay. cult is waiting on. It's upcoming in 2024, oh. and Gabriel claims that a mothership, a UFO mothership, the size of four states. He doesn't specify which four states. It could be the size of New England or the size of fucking Texas. Who knows? But it's going to be the size of four states um, is going to come to the U.S. uh, And it's going to be some sort of tribulation moment. There's going to be millions of people that are going to die. There's millions of people that are going to be abducted and so on and so forth. So, I mean, we'll we'll see in 2024. Okay. Yeah. I heavily doubt it based off of prior prophecies. Not putting any fucking money on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fucking wild. And they're still operating. That's, that's insane. Does it give like a, a member count at all? Roughly. Cause you said they're still in Arizona. So I would imagine it's not, you know, as big as at least, uh, the followers of Urantia. No, no, there, there's definitely more followers of Urantia. Okay. Um, the, the most recent count I have is is 120 members. Oh, okay. <laughs> and all of those people are mandated to work 40-hour work weeks on the on the commune to support the commune, like with no pay. So pretty much they're doing that work to live there and to eat there. Yeah, they used to happen on plantations back in the day too. You know, <laughs> so essentially you're an indentured servant and you're there to fucking serve. Gabriel and his family. Fuck. I mean, this place is like dome-like and everything, too. Yeah. What a trip. Fucking cult in the desert, huh? Imagine that. <laughs> and what? where was that again, you said? Arizona. In the desert of Arizona. The members of the commune aren't allowed to travel within five miles outside of it because of apocalyptic events that may happen while they're gone. <laughs> and And they all heavily believe it. They believe it. He he splits up couples and sleeps with the wives. They they split children from their parents. They're they're not allowed to be with them because somehow it's unholy according to his theology. It's it's wrong to have a child with their parents. What about his son? <laughs> I mean, his son is is the next chosen one. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, fuck, it's different, you know? We got to keep our eyes out for an upcoming mass suicide in the Arizona desert in some <laughs> funky compound. Damn. Well, he's got to at least switch it up then. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Kool-Aid's played out. They got to do, like, bang energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fucking OD'd on energy drinks. But, yeah, they're going to have to switch that up. And and they can't go with the same old Nike track suits either. You know, Nike fucking banned that model of shoe after that. Oh, no, I know. And they, they're yeah. very pricey. The Nike Decades, Mike, Dave, and I have been looking for an affordable pair of those shoes for the, each of us for the longest. Can't get them. Damn. What is the cheapest you were able to find those shoes, if I, if you don't mind me asking? I think like six grand. Oh, my fucking God. Are you kidding me? Wow. No, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Six grand. And and those aren't even the ones that are off of the dead guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd pay more for those. You know what I mean? A little bit of American history there. Holy shit. Fuck. Yeah, there's a size 12 on eBay for 6000 That's my size, dude. 6660 
Shut up. Of course, six, with all six, this six, six is in Come on now. <laughs> I shit you not. $6,660. Pass. Pass, please. That's fucking insane. Can you imagine, though? Because I'm sure that there was like a fucking dad somewhere who was like, man, those are my fucking lawn mowing shoes. And now I got to throw them out because a bunch of assholes killed themselves in them. And, and he throws them out and then years later figures out that they're fucking gold mine. <laughs> like that dude who threw away the hard drive with a shitload with the of Bitcoin? Bitcoin on it. Yeah. God damn it, dude. Well, I guess you live and you learn, huh? As we approach the end of this, what what are your guys' final thoughts on Urantia as a whole? The book, the foundation, the cult? Yeah, like I said, it's just overcomplicated. Um, without knowing how the book got started and you just read Urantia, um, you know, and why I said it, it's way too long. Uh, it's super overcomplicated. It's one of the most complicated religions, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, that's ever been put into a written word and it's completely a ripoff of the Bible. It's just a, a retelling of the Bible and it's not a different religion because it has the same characters, the same names and all that shit. And then when you realize who wrote it, how it came about, it's hard to believe it at all. I don't know how anybody believes it. I think it's all bullshit. Um, I think it was an attention grab at first and then it turned into a money grab. Obviously they're doing pretty well. It's a cult, hundred percent. I think so. Yeah, I I think the book is too long. I think it's more of just to get you wrapped up, like into like how you even mentioned it before. I think like Scientology was like a perfect way to kind of draw a line. I think that's why the book is so ridiculously long. It's to sell you some bullshit. But the person who wrote it might actually kind of understand, you know, the human psyche. And understands how to manipulate people. You know, they probably actually have some knowledge. They're just, you know, pulling your strings. Yeah, and I do think it also like it's very much cultish. Like even what I was saying before with you know the associations with the Kellogg's. That guy himself, like I, I even said before, like he was open about being like a eugenicist that was uh, influenced by a dude from Germany, and he did honestly believe them and the Kellogg's did believe that the Nordic race was superior so like that's even like a cult mindset there it's fuck there's something up with that shit i feel like a lot of the length lends to the fact that they tried to incorporate so many different ideologies into the book mm. like yeah. i said like both of you guys said not none of us have read the book ourselves so i'm not sure how those ideologies and stories are spread throughout the book necessarily yeah so i'm kind of talking out of my ass but when you're trying to mix evolution creationism christianity darwinism all into one book i mean i could see it stretching a thousand pages <laughs> and whatever author or authors wrote this book, they probably did that very intentionally mm. to try to grab the attention of a lot of different people, say people who didn't like want to fully put both of their feet into the pool. That is the Holy Bible. Maybe, mm. you know, people that were still sort of on the fence, people that believe in creationism and evolution at the same time, like people that can't find 
to step outside of that gray zone like this is the book for them and we can reach that mass of people and through that we can make a shitload of money so while while yes it's just a a retelling and a ripoff of the bible it might have been an attempt to grab the attention and grab the wallets of those Mm -hmm. people that are sitting somewhere in the middle between the big bang and God creating the universe in seven days. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Cause that's, I, I, for some reason I just got stuck on the comparison to the Bible, but do you, do you think that the, the intention was to make money or was it to, you know, kind of grab the minds of people and, and be able to manipulate a group into, uh, you know, organizing for you, I guess essentially it just ends in money. <laughs> I guess the question is, do you think that they intended to be a real religion or do you think they intended it to be a money-making machine by way of religion? I would say money-making machine through religion. I mean, a, a lot of religion, that's what it boils down to. Oh, yeah. They probably saw that opportunity. They saw a gap in in the population where it's like, we have this many people that we could reach with some theological texts that Mm. aren't contributing to traditional religion right now. I mean, why don't we go for it? And so came the, the Urantia book. I think it's for that. And just for misinformation, like, like even if you don't get into the cult, but you bought into the book. Right. Exactly. Or at least we affected you mentally somehow still. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it was for the Benjamins. You know what I mean? Because why else? Why else would you hurry up and get that tax exemption? You know what I mean. Uh, I I don't think there's any intention. It's the same with with Scientology, right? We know that that is strictly to make money. They, that's why they go after celebrities and things like that. Oh. Um, but being connected, you know, as a doctor, and then having the catalogs in your family, maybe they're thinking, shit, we could probably rope a few of these people in. You know, they hit that custom donate button. <laughs> and you know lena was a doctor herself and so was the Kellogg's. yeah oh and and even even the lady who uh helen white i think was her name who was like one of the major people who started uh seven day adventists mm. she was a doctor and she knew uh she even knew kellogg too okay so we got to do a catalog episode then probably took more <laughs> notes on that than i did on this book <laughs> well shit that's an interesting you know rabbit hole to go to when you see that pop up you're like what the fuck while you're eating a bowl of frosted flakes like what the fuck? <laughs> spitting it back into your bowl <laughs> instantly go vomit violently yeah, dude i was like i don't even know if i'll mention the kellogg's because i know i already want to cover them i was like i don't want to say too much well i mean we hit our final thoughts right so figure we'll we'll go back around the table just in case you know listeners i i personally skipped the first couple of minutes of of a couple (laughs) different podcasts so in case the listeners missed the first portion let people know who you are where you're from what you do uh i pretend to be a podcast host uh whiskey beer and conspiracies i host that with uh, big country and chris uh you can catch us on any podcasting platform spotify has our video content um you can catch us on rockfin uh social media we're on facebook we can't get into our facebook account so it's kind of dead instagram you can get us there we're always on there you ask us questions you comment we'll respond even if you're a troll our website you can get to our premium content from there merchandise uh 
Oh, I have also forgot to mention earlier on our website, we have a bunch of band documentaries that like can't find anywhere that we've downloaded. Actually, Big Country has downloaded <laughs> and, uh, you know, put on a hard drive. So we have them. Um, some of them are quite long, but they're there. Uh, go take a look at those. Even if you don't want to listen to the podcast, there's some cool videos on there. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. And uh, yeah, the NY Patriot. I have my uh, own podcast, the NY Patriot Show. And I also have a Cold Rejects and Friends, which is like kind of like a, uh, like I said before, normally like a multiple guests or whatever covering topics. And then I also co-host a show with somebody, uh, the Spiritual Gangsters. All that is in my link tree that I'll just supply. Hell yeah. And I am Slick Frank Sanders, again, of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour podcast uh, featuring myself, Declassified Dave, and Mystery Mike. You can find us at www.hushhushsociety.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts or whatever social media you use. You could just look up Hush Hush Society and you'll surely find us. Um, be sure to check out the other two roundtables that are a part of this project. We've got Flat Earth in the works as well as Celebrity Sacrifices. And keep in mind, by listening to these three roundtables, you are supporting a huge group of shows as well as many different people that worked really hard to be a part of it and be a part to produce these things. And it, it, it's been a fantastic opportunity of, of networking to work with so many different people. And we hope you guys appreciate the content. We hope you eat it up. We hope you learn a lot. We hope it gets you thinking. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this, and thank you for letting me be a part of this with you guys, and it's been a blast. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. We'll do, we got to do it again. Definitely.